Once again, I'd like, I would ask you to stand with me. I'm about to read you the Word of God, and I pray that God, by His Holy Spirit, would prompt us for our utmost attention today. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 through 22. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is, God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Please be seated. Thank you for standing with me. I want to talk about following Jesus today. Uh, this is another message in a series of if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And the foundations are, can be defined as a settled order of things. So God has given us foundations about how to live in this world. Some foundations cannot be destroyed, like God's Word, His church. There are foundations that can be destroyed. They're under attack in this world today. Marriage, God has a settled foundation order of things for marriage. It is under attack today. How to live and how to do church, all these things are under attack of the culture. So what can the righteous do? Families are under attack in our world today. And we need to be mindful of, of how we deal with this. What can we do? Well, one thing we can do is follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Now that sounds really simple, but it's the hardest call you ever have to make. And I want to try to talk to two kinds of folks today, and I believe that's what I'll do. Either you're following Jesus, and if you are, I want to encourage you and strengthen you. Because it's not always like we're really hot after him. Sometimes he's way up, far out in front of us. Sometimes it gets pretty tough, and we need strengthening. And the other category I'd like to talk with is, is if you're not following Jesus, then start now, okay? Start right now following Jesus. It's the best decision you'll ever have to make in your life. I mean, it's like this. Either you can follow Jesus or you can try to outrun the devil till you die. Now, which one do you want to do? It's going to be one or the other. 
So we have a great privilege of following Jesus. Now right here in this place of scripture, here's a young man that has it all. Here's a rich young ruler. He has it all, he thinks he knows it all. But he doesn't have the most important thing. He doesn't have eternal life. An unsaved person cannot follow Jesus. Can't do it. You don't want to do it. You have no love for Jesus. This guy had too much to follow Jesus. He was too good to follow Jesus. He wanted to feel good about everything and he wanted to be socially accepted. But when it really come to the test that Jesus gave him, he didn't want to follow him. Lots of people in our world today like to get a check but they don't want to work. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go now. I talked to a man last night who said in Atlanta, Georgia, he saw a man from the street sitting there begging for money under a sign that said help wanted. Another lady told me last night, right over at our Walmart, might have been one of you, said this 84-year-old lady got out of her car and this man came up to her and said, Miss, I need some help. I need this, that, and the other. Can you give me this? And that woman told that man, so I was told by this lady, she pointed him down the road and said, Mister, I'm 84 years old. And if you want to help you, there's plenty of people looking for people to work. And I'm going to tell you about Jesus and how he fits into this. You might think you want religion. You might think you want God's blessings and you want all the oozy-goozy stuff. But until you get ready to follow Jesus, you won't have it all. But when you follow Jesus, you'll have it all. God said, seek ye first the righteousness of God and all these things will be added to it. Now it's time that we got serious about following Jesus. I'm not talking about following a denomination. I'm not talking about following religion. I'm talking about following God, Jesus. And don't tell me that you're not worthy to follow God. God calls broken people to follow him. Jesus called fishermen, smelly fishermen, to put down their nets and follow him. He called outcasts, tax collectors. He says, follow me. God is building his kingdom from broken failures. That's what it takes to follow Jesus. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Okay? 
I want to try to say three things from this message about following Jesus. There's three key terms that I want to try to relate to following Jesus. One is revelation. Number two is a resolution. And number three is a revolution. The only way that you will follow Jesus is a revelation from God to who Jesus is. That comes from God. The only way that you will follow Jesus is to understand that you are a sinner. And a sinner goes to hell. And the only way that that can be prevented is Jesus takes your place on the cross. Now, I can't teach you that you are a sinner, but God can. See, this guy thinks he's pretty doggone good. He says, man, I've kept all those commandments from since I was a, a young baby. What he should have said was, I've broken every one of them. Lord, have mercy upon me. Because I'm going to tell you, there's no person other than Jesus Christ that has ever kept the law perfectly or ever will. So let's get right with God and get right with ourselves and understand I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. See, he said, well, this is a good man. Jesus said, who are you calling good? Is that what you think about Jesus? He's a good man? I'm going to tell you, if you knew my dad, if you knew John Mack Waters, you might say, that's a good man. I'm going to tell you what I will say about him. That's my daddy. You got it? You might think he's a good man, but he's my daddy. You might think Jesus is a good man, but he's my savior. Is yours? I mean, he's, think about what he's done for us and the audacity we have to follow the world. Do not follow your conscience. I'm going to tell you, we are deceitful and deceptive and desperately wicked people fallen because of sin. See, Jesus wasn't trying to tell this man to feel good. He didn't tell him, well, now, what you're going to have to have eternal life is you accept Jesus. Why don't you come over here and pray this prayer with me? Let's have the sinner's prayer, and you can be saved. Or sign this card. Or just raise your hand if you want to be saved. Jesus never did that. No, he got in his heart. And Jesus gets in our heart and he reveals to us what really matters. That he is the greatest treasure. And we're to follow him. And when we see that revelation, we don't have to stumble around the darkness. Jesus says in John 8, 12, he that follows me shall not. He says, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. So follow Jesus. He reveals that self, his self to us. 
Now, we can't follow Jesus like the disciples did in the world today. I mean, he's not physically here. I mean, they had a bodily Jesus, the incarnate God. They could, they could say, well, he could say, come and follow me, and they just followed it. They could see him. Well, he's not here now. He went to the cross. He paid our sin debt. He walked about 40 days on the earth, and he rose again. I mean, he ascended, brother, back to God. And he's right there now. But before he left, he did something that reveals that we're to still follow him. He gave his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit dwells within us to guide us and to teach us. And so we don't have Jesus literally, but figuratively. We have his word. So you follow this word, you follow in Jesus. You have the suffering of his example. And we follow that. We remember what he did for us. That's what following Jesus is. It's it's the means of grace he's given us, the church. The word of God. The ordinances. I I tell you, I see them sitting here now, and I'm not picking on them. You tell me, you talk about people that follow God, you can find them. I've been in this church a few years, and I tell you, I have seen Berman and Dr. Loach. They have been all over the world, and they have followed Jesus everywhere. And many others are, y'all, but those two have. They come to Bible study every Wednesday night. I'm not making that a righteousness, but I'm going to tell you. He corrects me often. He says, I've never had a bad day in my life. You ask him. Why? Because he's following Jesus. You cannot have a bad day and follow Jesus. If you have a bad day, you're not following Jesus. You're trying to outrun the devil. That's what you're doing. I'm telling you, this world is kind of like a minefield. There's explosive everywhere. You don't know where they are, but Jesus does. You follow Jesus, and he will meander you through life. Else, you can get blown to smithereens. That's how important it is to follow Jesus. It doesn't matter what your friends say, what your feelings say. What I'm saying is, follow Jesus. But what I'm saying is, is inadequate, unless God reveals that to you, okay? Because when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and that's what he has to do, he will come to you and reveal who he is like he did Isaiah in Isaiah 6. And you will understand, as Isaiah did, that he's unworthy. I'm a man of unclean lips. I am personal. Isaiah said that. Surely if he is, all of us are. But God showed him that 
coals taken from the altar and purged him and cleansed him. That is the cross of Jesus. And then, after God had revealed that to him, he said to Isaiah, and Isaiah's ears were open. He said, who will go for us? And Isaiah said, and we will say, Lord, send me. I'll go. That's what following Jesus is about. So I think about that with you. Secondly, you make a, you see the revelation. That builds a resolution. A resolution is a firm decision to do or not do something. Now you got to be firm when you're following Jesus. Jesus is not going to sneak around and try to trick you into following him. He's not going to have a hot dog stand set up or a peanut bowl. Not that I mind that so much. Salvation is not fire insurance. You got it? Salvation is following Jesus and hating sin. Essentially, if you follow Jesus, you're saved. That's what salvation is about. Does that mean we're perfect, sinless? No, it doesn't. We won't get that way till heaven. But, but you've got to take a stand for something, or you're going to fall for anything. Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. What did he say? He said, I don't know what the world did. I'm going to follow Jesus. That's what he was saying. Be resolute. I'm talking about when the hard times come. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Translate that means... Though he take everything away from me, I'm still going to follow him. Can we say that? Because God will do it. It's all his, his anyway. See, this young man struggled with that because he had so much. That was his treasure. It's not that he had so much, it's what the much had him. See, you can't follow Jesus and drag along everything else you got to have. Jesus has to be your all. So a resolution that you have is what a blessing from God. Following Jesus is a miraculous moment of God's grace. I mean, when that revelation comes, it's instantaneous. But the perfecting of it and the growing is a lifelong process. If you're still following Jesus or following Jesus, God is still working on your following. And you got to know you got to follow him close. Peter tried to get way off from Jesus. The Bible said he followed him far off. And that's when he denied him. 
And that's when you and I are going to deny him. You know, we just want a little bit of Jesus. Now, you got to follow him. You got to follow him with all your heart. And you know what? You can multitask. It's a miraculous multitasking miracle when we follow Jesus resolutely. Because you can be a mother and follow Jesus at the same time. You can be a father and follow Jesus. You can be married and follow Jesus. You come to church and follow Jesus. You can die and follow Jesus. Whatever work you do, you can plant corn or or build houses or teach school. And at the same time, you follow Jesus. In fact, that's the only way any of those things are going to have any meaning. You're following Jesus. You know, the world, I mentioned trap, well, well, trap. The world, the devil's good at setting traps. You know, I caught four beavers in my trap. I bought a conibear beaver trap. Those beavers were eating my pond deck. They didn't start eating after we painted it. I'm going to tell you when the devil start bothering you. When you start doing things right. When you try to protect yourself from the world, the devil will come try to gnaw on you a little bit. I found a key to that trap deal, though. I decided that maybe there's something in that paint those beavers liked. So I got a little paint I had left over, and I dribbled it under that trap. They can't stand it. Or to send it off to outdoor world somewhere. Maybe get a patent on it. It will catch a beaver. And Satan will catch you with sin. What you got to do to avoid that is follow Jesus. Because when you follow Jesus, you're always on the right path. So you got to be resolute. And then lastly, when you are resolute, When it is revealed to you, there's a revolution. What is a revolution? It's a fundamental change in the way we think and see. Now, this young man in our text never got there, not yet. He wasn't saved. I already said, unsaved person cannot follow Jesus. You might make a a facade of it. But you might get away as long as he's doing miracles in your life or he's blessing you, just like the people that follow Jesus for the miracles and loves. But when he asked his disciples, when all of them left him, he said, will you also go away? They said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. What eternal life is, is the way we react. It's, it's, the, it's the embracing of God in our lives so that we have hope, so that we have love and all those fruits, and the world sees that we have a treasure that that is not just an add-on. Because God may call us, when we follow him, to take up our cross, deny ourselves and follow him. 
He says that if, if you're not willing to, to follow him or take, give everything away, then you're not worthy of him. That doesn't mean that we're to go out and sell everything we have. <laughs> I mean, even Zacchaeus, we talked about him last time, last Sunday. What well, that man did, God, God, Jesus said, follow him, and he, he goes home with him. He didn't have to, he just, he just gave up half. He didn't volunteer to do that. See, there's two kind of spiritual muscles. I relate them to our physical muscles in our body. There's voluntary muscles and they're involuntary. See, the heart and the lungs are involuntary muscles. I had nothing to do with my heart starting beating. Did you? Had nothing to do with that. You had absolutely nothing to do with your eternal life. I don't care how good you think it's been or what you think you've done, God has done that. Because God says that the natural man receiveth not the things of God, they are spiritually discerned. First, or Romans 2, 4, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 rather, says that. So there's, there's an involuntary muscle. That is the irresistible call. That's when Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. But then there's involuntary muscles, like the arms and the legs. I'm going to tell you what you do. You can take your arm or your leg and just don't get up and do nothing. I mean, just take your arm and, and tie it up for six months. You won't be able to do a thing with it. See, it needs exercising. We need exercise in following Jesus because that is a revolution in our life. It's a change of our attitude. What Jesus was looking from this man was, what did he really, where was his heart? You know, he also said, you know, following Jesus is not just picking up, selling everything and going off and being a missionary. It might be okay for some folks. I believe God calls some folks to do that, but I don't think he calls most of us to. In Mark chapter 5, there's a man that Jesus healed, and he says, Lord, I want to follow you. Wherever you go, and you know what Jesus tells him? He says, you go home. You stay where you are, and you tell those people there what good things the Lord has done for you. That's following Jesus, right where you are. Why, wow, you can run in place and follow Jesus. But you know what is? I think the tragedy that we have sometimes is when we almost follow Jesus. You know, people like to almost follow Jesus, but if, it's, if somebody starts talking about me, I'm not going to follow Jesus. I think right now in the, in the world we're living, we have the greatest opportunity to follow Jesus we've ever had before. And we better do it for Christ's sake. To follow him with everything we got. You know, if we, if we, if we half-hearted about it, we're going to halfway follow Jesus. To follow Jesus is to believe him. The centurion, you remember he had the sick servant and he sent for Jesus? Here's a Gentile. 
And, and he said, well, he'll come. And he said, no, he don't have to come. All he has to do is speak the word. And Jesus says, I've never seen faith like this, not in all on Israel. When you follow Jesus, you believe him. You follow close. And if you follow Jesus, you don't flinch when you have to hurt. When you follow Jesus, you pray when things don't seem to be working out like you want it. That's what he did in Gethsemane. Well, what a blessing to know that God has given us the privilege to follow him. I've often thought in my life, what in the world God would have anything to do with me anyway for? I do not know. I do not. But he's called me to follow him, and sometimes he gets so far, it's wondered, and we get afraid, just like the apostles. But then we get running, we get in the ship that he's called us to go, and we get out in the middle of the lake, and we have a storm. And we forget that Jesus is right there with us. And then we have a bunch of folks that we have needs, and we're just like the 5,000 with no food, and we forget that Jesus is there. It's easy to make ourselves want to do what only God can do. We cannot follow Jesus on our own. We won't. See, it's not about keeping the law. That's what Jesus would tell him. The law will not save. But what it does is lead us to one who can. The law is our schoolmaster, according to Galatians 3.24, leading us to Christ. You know, he's an example that we can follow. Emory Grace had a dance recital not long ago. You always go to dance recitals for your granddaughters and your daughters. We've been to lots of them, senior. But you know how they do those dances? The leader's up there on the front row, and they're watching them. Jesus is our example. He doesn't just put us out there on the stage. We're not in this for a show. We're in it to follow him. And unless we do, we got to be mindful that when you follow the wrong course, somebody may be following you. That's the destructive part of it. May the Lord bless us to follow Jesus. I think we all want to. But when we realize what he's done for us, that the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord, not to follow Jesus is just a sheer manifestation of the rebellious heart of an unsaved person. May God help us to follow him, to yearn after him, to be willing to part with anything we got, to be as conscientious as we can and do as good as we can with all we've got. But do you understand it's not ours, it's God's. You follow Jesus. Don't follow your preacher, follow Jesus. May the Lord bless you.